0: I love those fall That is great. So, a little uh, taste of Christmas Eve. It's this Sunday. We are not going to do Sunday morning services next week because I met you people and you're not going to do church twice in one day. I know you and I accept that. So, we are going to uh, skip Christmas next Sunday, not doing the morning. Christmas Eve, though, it's going to be great. So, 5.45 p.m., walk in with the last of the lights. You walk out to the lights. It'll be uh, short, it'll be fun, it'll be true. Invite your friends and family, definitely worth their time. Pray for them by name and ask them to join you, and it will be worth it. Here's some uh, old dad wisdom from years ago, and an old Jewish New York dad. And if you're traveling, he would say to you, the worst part about your trip is going to be the trip. But there's three parts to the trip. There's the anticipation, there's the actual trip, and then there's the memories. The best part is the anticipation, unless it's the in-laws. In that case, you're going to have some fun memories, and that's number two. But the worst part is the trip, but you have to make the trip. That's kind of how life goes for us here down on earth, It's a mixture of excitement, anticipation, and disappointment. And that's the way it goes. It's the same for Christmas. The point is the relationship. I'm a minister, but I'm also a Jesus follower, so I listen to sermons during the week. And for years, going back almost, when is 1990? 33 years, almost 34 years ago, I used to go to this church in New York on occasion That was Reverend Tim Keller. And Tim Keller said once one Christmas, he said, the reason we have to have Christmas every year is because we don't like God. I thought, wow, that doesn't seem right. I don't think we're supposed to say that in church. I mean, I know it's New York, but still. He said the old Bible word is enmity, like enemies, enmity. Hostility, animosity, conflict—like the person who matters, the person who annoys you most—and no matter what they do, you always can spin it into a negative light. Back to the in-laws. That's what we do with God. Tim Keller, the wise old minister—way wasn't that old at the time, but. That's what he said we do with God, the creator of the universe. C.S. Lewis, the uh, reluctant Christian in, uh, in England who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and other things, he said our, our, our biggest dread is that we will have to rely on the Lord because we want to be self-sufficient. God at work does not look like we think it should. Jesus was born and the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill towards all humans. And if peace on earth was the goal, it didn't work. Does God not have the news app? It's not working. So we develop enmity towards God because this doesn't look like we think it should. We try to gather our friends and our family for Christmas, and it's not long before you're thinking, oh, I think I hate people. Ah, this isn't going like we anticipated at all. We had plenty of anticipation. Peace on earth. So we can be uncomfortable with the idea that we don't like God very much, but the Bible says it's true. Like a child, all the front row kids, oh, so cute. I know their parents, those kids are cute most of the time. But then those kids grow up. We have either, most of us in the room have either, uh, are currently or have been a child. That's almost all of us. And we reach the stage where we love our mom and dad, but we want to live a separate life. A hungry two-year-old and Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden have a lot in common. There was one rule in the Garden of Eden, don't eat that, right there, because we want a separation from God, just like we want a separation from our parents. We want to be in charge of our own life. We don't want God in charge anymore. We don't want to be a subject We want to be the supreme ruler. We want to be the boss of our own life. So we don't like God. We don't like God who says Sabbath is holy. We're going to really put the pressure on better church attendance for 2024 is really what we're doing here. But Sabbath is more than just church attendance. The Bible says the Sabbath is holy. Keep the Sabbath or you will die. We don't like that. We don't like it at all. But Sabbath is more than just church attendance. It's investing in a community of like-minded people together, investing in the local church. It's also how we spend our week. We have to have something to Sabbath rest from. We have to do something worthy the rest of the week so you have a unique gift that God has given you and a unique opportunity that God has given you. And our role is to have a servant's heart. Oh, I don't think so. That's why we have enmity with God, because our job is to have a job, whether you get paid for it or not, to use your gifts to serve those around you, to be a child of God, embrace the gift God gives you, embrace the unique unique opportunities you currently have to serve God's other children, whether they recognize it or not. White shirt guy right there, back on his phone, he's probably on Facebook checking football scores, who knows what David's doing right now because he's one of those uh, absent-minded geniuses, right? I'm just thankful when he remembers my name, right? David has awards from NASA, like the actual NASA place, because he's brilliant. If you talk to him, maybe or maybe not see it. I don't know, but he's got the paperwork to show that he's brilliant. And so he said, hey, how come the water fountains don't work? And I said, well, we brought a plumber in and then a couple of smart guys around here try to do it and there's a part that you can't get anymore and there's $700 to replace. And so until the annual building inspection comes around next year, I don't really want to spend that kind of money. And David came in last week with two screwdrivers and a chisel and now the water fountains work. Right? He can blast rockets to the moon or he can fix stuff around the house, apparently. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to invest. We're supposed to spend our week being who God created us to be, not who we want to be. See, that's why we have enmity towards God. Well, I would like to be taller or shorter or bigger or smaller or whatever kinds of things I'd like to be. We think it's all about money and fame, and God says it's about relationship and embracing your role as a child of God. And we don't like that. We don't like that at all. We want comfort. And God says, get to work. You have things to do. You have people to serve. This right here, somebody very sweet made baked goods this week and then brought them in a fun tin. That's nice. That's really nice. The sermon will be shorter today as a result because got some sugar right there. That's how we're supposed to spend our week, preparing for Sabbath. And then on the Sabbath, we're supposed to invest in a community, That's what it's supposed to do. And it takes time, and it takes effort, and it takes money. We're supposed to give 10% of what we spend back to that community to invest. And we don't like that. Why is Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday? Because the people who started those places believed what God said, that the Sabbath is holy, and those who don't keep the Sabbath will die. Huh. Seems like too much. I mean, it's nice, but we're supposed to trust we can make enough money the rest of the week that on one day we're going to trust God is going to take care of us and invest in that community. What about that die part? That seems crazy, but you see it in the news. If week after week and year after year and decade after decade, we do not keep the Sabbath. We don't invest in the community. We don't give financially to support it. We don't use our gifts and abilities to support it. Relationally, we don't choose to support it. Then you go to the doctor, and it turns out you're not healthy. And you read The Loneliness Pandemic. We're on our phones, as David was. And so we have, I don't know, 600 likes on our picture at Disneyland or whatever. David will point out it's the Bible. That's what he'll point out because he's smarter than I am. But we get 600 likes for the picture we took at the pumpkin patch, even though we didn't have a good time at the pumpkin patch. And we think we have community, but we don't have community. You have 600 people who happen to see a photo and thought, eh, I'll do that. There isn't anything less you can do for investing in a relationship than, eh, I was there anyway. If we don't invest in the Sabbath, this life doesn't work. Stress and loneliness are a deadly combination. God said, keep the Sabbath holy. And if we are honest, there are reasons to not like God. Enmity, enemies, hostility, closely related, hatred, open rebellion, open warfare. We, you want to know why? Because we love the Santa Claus version of God. You stay over there. You be distant. And when I need something, I'll let you know. You come through, and we'll get along great. But if you don't come through, then you let me down. Now we're mad at God again. So Tim Keller said all those years ago, I, I was listening to a sermon recently. They were doing the reruns, and he said it again. We have enmity enmity with God. We don't like this. Baby Jesus grew up. The old Will Ferrell movie, I like, I like six-pound baby Jesus. Baby Jesus grew up. And Jesus said, if you do not forgive others, you will not be forgiven. We don't like that. Clearly, you're not that all-knowing, because if you knew what they did to me, you would never expect me to forgive them. And you know what? We're right when we say that, because what they did to us was awful. It was a sin. It was against us, and it was against our Creator, our Heavenly Father. That's why He can't be excused. That's why He can't be ignored. That's why we can't pretend it never happened. It has to be forgiven. Or we will be consumed with the hatred and the bitterness and the rage and the fear and the obsessive thoughts. It's too important to not forgive. And sometimes, more than we would like, we are the ones who need to be forgiven. Matthew wrote it down for us, friend of Jesus. Jesus grew up and said, Matthew 6, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins because it's more than the God of the universe is willing to step in and do because we have our choices. We have our choices. And if we want to be consumed by what someone did to us instead of enjoying this, it will destroy us. So, we have enmity with God because this life is not what we think it should be. And all that is the setup of why we need Christmas every year to remind us how God makes the relationship work with us. Those of us who deep down sort of hate God a little bit. God shows up, God travels. Of the three anticipation, there was a lot of anticipation for God showing up in the Old Testament, the actual travel event, and the memories. God makes the trip. He became one of us, a vulnerable baby in the middle of the Roman Empire, well, actually in the very edge of the Roman Empire, to identify with us sinners, us rebels. Here we go. You've heard this before. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census... Did you get your thing in the mail? says you don't fill it out, they're going to come and shoot you, right? We still do the census thing. I still think it's a scam, but I don't know. It's on our table. Decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire... This was Luke timestamping it, because Dr. Luke wrote this for us, and he wasn't there. So he went back and he interviewed the people who were there, including Mother Mary, which is why we have the baby Jesus stories, because Mom always remembers. And so he was timestamping this, because this wasn't once upon a time. This actually happened. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Verse 3, all returned to their ancestral towns for the register of this census. You had to go back home. So wherever you grew up, that's where you'd have to go back to. I'd have to go back to New York. My wife would have to go to, I don't know, she was an Air Force kid. Texas, sort of, Miami, North Carolina, Germany. I don't know where they would send her back to, but we'd be split up for a while. So because Joseph was a descendant of King David, oh, man, they loved King David. They wanted a new King David to come in and push out the Roman Empire. Joseph had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, just as the Bible said the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. Well, they lived 80 miles away. David's ancient home. Joseph traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. So you do some math in the book of Luke, and she's more than six months pregnant because she's been working for a while, and this is an 80-mile trip. Wow. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. God is a baby to identify with us former babies who have grown up and now spend most of our life in active rebellion. How do you make the relationship work? You parents know this. When you have a, a child who is distancing themselves, how do you make the relationship work? You go to them. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth. You're having a baby. I can still show you how to make your baby a taco, burrito, works great it's the it's the six s's video if you've never seen it you should you wrap them up you put them on their side you and they're out for maybe you know 20 minutes it's a baby they don't they're not out for long and then she laid him in a manger because on occasion you got to put the kid down and that's all they had they were in a stable or a, a cave of some sort where animals were because there was no lodging available for them so we always badmouth the innkeeper, but this is more of an Airbnb situation and they were already booked up. So, I don't know, what are you going <laughs> to do? Send you, we got, the, we got a barn, we can sleep in the garage. The Heavenly Father sent Jesus the Son to earth. Years ago, we were just married, the hot chick and I, and we're going back to New York. And we're going back to a family reunion and have her meet several of my friends and so I spent six months telling her every single story that made me look like an idiot that I could think of because I knew they were going to tell him. That's what this was. If Joseph had to go back to his home ancestry, then all of his relatives had to go back. So always picture them in the, na- the major scenes that Mary and Joseph were by themselves, but Joseph's family would have been there. Mom, aunts, grandma, sisters, somebody, they all had to make the trip back to the ancestral home just like Mary went with Joseph the family all went so they weren't alone in there but there were the other family that the wedding hadn't happened yet, family was there probably like I assume like my family all of my family prefers my wife to me so I assume that Mary was welcomed I I assume that they loved her But that was the situation, when God was born. We went back one time for a trip, and we didn't plan ahead. And when I say we, I mean me. We didn't plan ahead for lodging in New York. And we got there, and shockingly, everything was full that we wanted to pay for. And so I called an old friend, and I said, hey, we're coming to your house. And he said, great. When? I said, about an hour. It's about 1 in the morning at that point. Got him out of bed. He's Italian, very, very friendly. And so Jenny and I show up, and we meet, and uh, it's a New York place. So it's like a three-room, right? There's the bedroom and the kitchen and the bathroom and one one main room. And they put the mattress down, and that's where we slept for the night. In the morning, we put the mattress away and hid the key, and that's what Mary and Joseph had. They had a you-make-do situation. You would think if the God of the universe was coming down, he was going to be born into a palace. Moses, in the Old Testament, got to grow up in a palace. Son of God doesn't get to grow up in a palace? No. Why? Because you didn't get to grow up in a palace. Some nice homes. We live in Oro Valley where crime is illegal. I'm not sure how our kids are going to match that. I actually feel bad for our kids. They have such a great... First of all, I'm incredible as their dad... And uh, Jackson, let me, I'm going to say that line again. I didn't hear the amen. (laughs) Christmas is coming. What are we doing over here? And their mom is even better. I married her on purpose. Married her on purpose. Yeah, see, you're just like my family. My dad was on his deathbed 10 years ago. I fly all the way back Sunday after church. I go all the way back to Washington, D.C. You can see the nation's capital out of his window. I walk in. He goes, where's Jenny? Look, old man, I'm here. All right you don't want me to smother you the last 20 minutes of your life, then how about you straighten up? Youngest of six. I still say I was his favorite. There wasn't a lot of evidence for it, but I still say it. That's what Mary and Joseph were doing. Jesus was born to an unwed mother in the day when that really mattered because he was identifying with sinners. And as much as we don't like to point out ours, we feel it about 3 o'clock in the morning usually. We certainly experience it from others. If we don't forgive others, we don't get forgiven? Oh, man, I'm not sure I like that God. That's why Jesus was born to an unwed mother in this little podunk nowhere. To identify with sinners. The Heavenly Father sent Jesus, the Son, to show the rest of us the way to our eternal home. When my dad died, what I missed most was I couldn't call home anymore. I could visit the house. But the relationship was gone. No matter where I lived, my mom and dad would always do the difficult part of the journey, the anticipation, the journey, the memories. They would always come and see me. That's not true. When I lived in London, they would just call me at 4 a.m. because never get the time right. But they never came to London. But otherwise, otherwise they would come and visit. But you know what was in my mailbox in London every week was a handwritten letter from my dad. So mom and dad would always call, but dad was always the first voice on the phone. And my mom and dad would always write, but it was always in my dad's penmanship. What I missed when my dad was gone was they had done the work to keep the relationship alive. And when he was gone, I couldn't call home anymore. Every Christmas, Tim Keller said, we have to be reminded that God loves us. And we say, yeah, yeah. So we have to have Christmas to remind us how far God was willing to come all the way to our house to make the relationship work. When we rebels take God on God's terms, which we rarely want to do. When we rebels take God on God's terms, which we don't like. The whole Sabbath thing and the forgiveness thing, and it doesn't look like it should thing. When we take God on God's terms, the kingdom of God is our home. From now into eternity, every year, we reluctant followers of Jesus sing the finale with Charlie Brown. Peace on earth and mercy mild because God and sinners are reconciled. That's why it's Christmas. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, there are people here who are at the zero confidence level that you even exist. There are people here who don't want you to exist because they once prayed for something important and worthy and good and it did not happen. Lord, would you remind us that you are bigger than we can comprehend, that you were willing once upon a time to come to this earth and live our life and now your spirit is here available to us so that we never have to be alone. Your spirit will guide us all the way into eternity. May we actually celebrate that and ponder it this Christmas. Heavenly Father, if there's anybody here who doesn't know you, that ABC approach to the relationship, A is to admit we are sinners. We're surrounded by them, but, you know, we are one of them. B is to believe that Jesus is the one who makes us worthy of the throne room of God for all of eternity. Jesus is the one who intentionally made us the way we are to serve in this world. Lord, there are people counting on us to be the person you created us to be. May this afternoon be the day that we become the person you created us to be and see us to choose to be your child in this world. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen.